Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 284 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us once again as we continue with our study of the Come Follow Me materials for September 28th to October the 11th, covering 3rd Nephi 17-19, to Behold My Joy is Full. And today we're going to uh, finish with the section uh, which is titled The Saviour Taught Us How to Pray. For the Saviour, we see, he continues his prayer in this part of the section. Um, we left off yesterday where he had returned to the individuals uh, who were praying, and they were still praying. Um, and in verse 25, we see something miraculous happen. It says, And it came to pass that Jesus blessed them as they did pray unto him, and his countenance did smile upon them, and the light of his countenance did shine upon them. And behold, they were as white as the countenance, and also the garments of Jesus. And behold, the whiteness thereof did exceed all the whiteness, yea, yea even there could be nothing on, upon earth so white as the whiteness thereof. Um, this is a wonderful moment. The people are being transfigured before the Saviour. Um, they are being purified, they are being cleansed. Uh, to the points that his countenance is shining from them. Um, in in um, Catherine, Catherine Thomas says uh, said this quote: "The Holy Ghost performs two of his functions in these passages. He fills those praying with catalytic desire, and he burns out impurities and cleanses them. In this process, the disciples were transfigured, being empowered to endure the presence of heavenly elements and beings without being wholly consumed." Close quote. I think that explains it really well. And as I was studying this, I was thinking about the, about transfiguration and about purification and about how we have experiences and examples of this throughout the standard works. If we look at uh, in the topical guide under transfiguration, we see that Moses, it, it happened to, we see that it happened to the Saviour himself when it was on the earth, when he was on the earth. Um, we see that it happened um, to in the latter days uh, to Joseph Smith and I believe Sidney Rigdon in a Doctrine and Covenants um, section 72, 76 sorry, uh, when they're having a vision of the kingdoms of, glo- of glory um, and we, we, t- we see about how in the Book of Mormon it talks about being encircled as if by fire multiple times and then the faces of I believe Nephi and Lehi shone in the darkness we see that there are these instances that um, show how throughout history and throughout time that this countenance, this shining of a countenance has happened. And I'm certain that we have had it many times in this latter days as well. People often talk about um, members of the church as they are, as if they are, have lights shining from them or, or there are, is a lightness in their countenance. And of course, they are perhaps not being transfigured at that moment to be able to endure heavenly elements, as Catherine Thomas said. But I think there is some element of purification happening there. Um, you know, this light wouldn't be happening for no reason. If we look in the top guide under purification, we see many references uh, to being purified, uh, having our hearts purified, having our hearts pure um, in Acts 15. Um, also in Acts 24 about being purified in the temple. Um, and and then we have in First Peter one twenty two the invitation to be purified in our souls, um, and we see it many times as well in the Book of Mormon, uh, in Mosiah chapter four we are taught that to have our hearts be made pure, uh, and in Alma five twenty one that our garments may be made pure, um, and so in verse 
28 of the um, of this section in third nephi 19 we see that the savior once he sees this happening uh, he goes down on his knees again in verse 28 on his own and says father i thank thee that thou hast purified those whom i have chosen because of their faith and i pray for them and also for them who shall believe on their words that they may be purified in me through faith on their words even as they are purified in me uh, and we see here that it doesn't really take much. I mean, okay, obviously it takes a high level of what I'm about to explain here, but it takes a high level of faith uh, to be able to be purified to the point that these people were, I'm sure. But he is saying that they were purified because of their faith. And then he blessed and he he um, thanks the Father for those who believe on their words, that they'll be purified through faith on their words. Um so we only need to listen to the word of God and have faith in it, strong faith in it to start being purified. That's what I get from, from the words of the Savior here. And so that doesn't sound like it will you know, take us moving mountains for us to be able to be purified. It is as simple as having faith in Christ and, and seeking to be purified in him, which we know is his gospel. It is, it is, it is straightforward. But of course, sometimes I think we make it a bit more complicated or Sometimes our thoughts make it seem more un, more unattainable. Uh, and of course, that is probably the adversary trying to plant seeds of doubt in our minds. But we can be purified. We can be made clean. We can be a light. And when we say a light, we're not just talking about a figurative, oh, look, you know, my, my example shines before everyone. We can be an actual light. We can have his light in our countenance. And I've seen that with, with some members. And to be fair, some non-members of the church in times where People are acting, you know, more Christ-like than I've ever seen before in my life, even if they're not members of the church. I've seen that light in their countenance. Um, and of course, the light is has been, I've seen, I've seen more light within the members of the church because, of course, they have to give to the Holy Ghost. And so therefore, that makes sense that that Holy Spirit will be more with them to purify and cleanse them. But we all have that opportunity to have this experience um, and we need to make sure we try and reach for it. And we do that through, as the Saviour is teaching right now, through this prayer. These Nephites, or whatever ites you want to call them, they received it as they were deep in prayer. Uh, and I think that is a very important part of it as well. Um, in 3rd Nephi 19.29, uh, he then says, Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world, because of their faith, that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. I've like I've just had a thought on this. So obviously, um, I've had many discussions with, with, with Christians of other denominations, and they point to this as the reason, obviously not the Book of Mormon verse, but the whole uh, intercessory prayer where the Saviour begins speaking about the Father being in him, and and so on. They point to this as evidence that the Holy Trinity is the correct understanding of, of God, that he is one being in three different parts. And obviously, we, we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, don't believe that we believe in the Godhead, that there are three beings who make up the Godhead, but they are three distinct personages, three distinct individuals. 
And there's plenty of reasons for that. You, you look at the baptism of Jesus Christ as one evidence of that. The fact that when the Savior speaks about it in John 17, he does say that the Father is in him and, they, and that they are one. However, he also invites the, the his disciples to be one as as God is, as Heavenly Father is with him as well. And I'm pretty certain he's not inviting us to be, to be in, engulfed in this Trinity as well. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's about unity. It's about, and obviously in General Conference, this was a big message as well. Um, Robert E. Hale said this, quote, Can we see a pattern in these scriptures that testifies of the Father and the Son as distinct individuals and beings? How then are they one? Not because they are the same person, but because they are unified in purpose, equally dedicated to bringing to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Jesus is a God, yet he continually dis distinguishes himself as a separate individual being by saying to his father and by saying that he is doing his father's will, close quote. I think that explains what I was trying to get across in that moment brilliantly uh, by Elder, ha Elder Hales. We are learning unity. We are learning how to be at one with the divine. But what I find interesting here, just to finish this study, um, this study um, session, is that the saviour says here that he may be in us, um, now, obviously, the Saviour himself cannot be in us. So obviously, with, with the, I think there's two levels to this. There is obviously the unity idea, and that is key. But I think thinking about the fact that he's just talked about purification and, and we've seen the, the transfiguration of these people for a time, the Saviour may be saying something else here as well, that he is in us through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And... That is then equal or made similar to how the Father is in, in him, and that they may be one. We are one not only through our unity and purpose, and we need to become more unified with God's purposes. And we do that through prayer, as we discussed yesterday, and many other things. But also we are one through the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us. The Spirit will have been with Christ at that moment. That is how it works. He was so in tune with the Father that he felt and understood the Father's will perfectly through the power of the Holy Ghost. And we can have that. We can seek to know the Saviour's will for us through the power of the Holy Ghost. And this, this Holy Ghost is such an integral part of this, I think, of this unity. And it is so when we're trying to build a sign community, we need to have that spirit with us so that we can live the way that our Father would. And then we are unified in purpose. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do continue to listen each day. Um, I'm going to try and think of what to do tomorrow uh, because... Um, we, we're basically, we've, we've done third Nephi 17 to 19 for nearly two weeks now. We've covered quite a lot of it. So I'll, I will consider something to study with you. Uh, please do uh, join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. It'd be great to hear your thoughts on there. And you can email uh, ldsstudysession at gmail.com or, or you can send me a personal message if you want to send any feedback uh, or if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourself. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.